Welcome to the sermon podcast of Resurrection Community Church in Virginia Beach. We seek to connect people to God and one another through His Word, and hope this sermon brings you closer to God. Let's turn our attention to God's Word. We'll be hearing God's Word this morning from Luke chapter 2, reading verses 1 through 20. And as we read this, um, so two, two things I should tell you as we read this. First, this is a very familiar passage. This is, this is the fundamental Christmas story. This is the birth of Jesus and the angels coming to the shepherds. As you listen, I want you to listen to it, though, not just as the familiar Christmas story, but I want you to listen to it as we always listen to God's Word here on Sunday mornings. Asking yourself, not just, not just the words that you've heard before, but what is it that God wants to say to us this morning? So listen, listen with fresh ears to God's word as you hear these familiar words. And then I'll also, just in terms of full disclosure, I have to say on, on Christmas, around Christmas time, all pastors are basically preaching the same kinds of things, which means they start talking about illustrations and that kind of things. So if I tell you stories and you're like, man, Jimmy, how'd you come up with that? I didn't, I, I borrowed them from other people. So just I'm, just, I'm just admitting that I'm not, I lean on other people. So anyhow, um, Let's, let's read from Luke chapter 2, verses 1 to 20. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because of, he was of the house and lineage of David to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this Christmas Eve, this fourth Sunday of Advent, this day that we remember your promises, that you kept your promises. We pray now that as we, as we reflect on your word together, that this would not merely be information for our heads, but transformation for our lives, that you would sink it deep into our hearts, changing the way that we think, the way that we feel, the way that we live. We pray this in Jesus' name. 
Amen. So, so there's, there's a scene in The Crown, episode, in season six, and this is, I haven't actually watched it, but somebody reported this to me, and so it sounds really good. And so I have watched some of The Crown, so I can imagine the scene, but it took, takes place, so The Crown, of course, is the, the Netflix series about the British monarchy. And I'm sure many of you, like all good Americans, have way more interest in the British monarchy than you really should. But it's like, it's an American thing, right? We, we broke away several hundred years ago, and now we just, we just love the monarchy. We're all about it. And so, so there's this scene in the, in the Crown in season six. This takes place in, around in the 90s when the, the British monarchy is not very popular. And so the, Queen Elizabeth is really seeking to improve the monarchy's public image. And so they've been talking about this kind of within the royal family, and she's talked to Tony Blair, the prime minister, and she has all this, this whole list of recommendations from the prime minister, from Tony Blair. And a lot of them uh, involve all kinds of reforms, removing certain amounts of pomp and circumstance and expense, kind of some, you know, the unnecessary offices, some of the fanciness, like let's just tone it down a little bit. And then this is the discussion between the queen and Charles. Charles says, I don't feel there's anything wrong with running the monarchy on more rational and democratic lines. This is what the queen says. But monarchy isn't rational or democratic or logical or fair. Haven't we all learned that by now? People don't want to come to a royal palace and get what they could have at home. When they come for an investiture or a state visit, when they brush up against us, they want the magic and the mystery and the arcane and the eccentric and the symbolic and the transcendent. They want to feel like they've entered into another world. That is our duty, to lift people up and transport them into another realm, not to bring them down to earth and remind them of what they already have. And I think that sums up what we love about, about the British monarchy. That's why we're obsessed with it, is that we, we love that sense of transcendence, that's what we want. That's what we're grasping for. And, and we see that at, at Christmas time, as, as more than any other, we long for that sense of transcendence, that sense of something beyond. And yet, the reality of the British monarchy is still the reality of the British monarchy. Because the other part of it is that the British monarchy is full of scandal. That's the other thing we look for. We're always looking for scandal. But it tells us that in humanly speaking, when we seek transcendence, when we seek to create, even with something with as much tradition and pomp as a centuries-old line of monarchs, we cannot do. We cannot do. We cannot recreate that on our own. When it comes to Christmas, no matter how many cookies we bake, no matter how many lights we put up, no matter how many parties we have, no matter how many games we play, no matter how many family we get together, we cannot ourselves recreate the transcendence. It is so easy to try to do that for ourselves. And in trying to do that, we really lose the wonder. And so this morning, I just want to call you once again to see the wonder of Luke chapter 2. That the wonder of Luke chapter 2 is that that transcendence that we want, that thing that we strive for, that thing that we try to create, that came down to earth. The wonder of Luke chapter 2 is that God came to earth. And, and, and it becomes so familiar, we can miss the excitement of it. We can miss the excitement that God himself 
came to earth, that God was born. If we step back to Luke, so here in, in Luke chapter two, it just describes the birth of Jesus. It's just okay, Mary gave birth to her firstborn son. That's nice, but who was it? If we go back to Luke chapter one, the angel had told Mary in Luke chapter one, verse 35, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the most over, uh, high will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called holy, the son of God, the son of God. God himself is born. God himself is born. The wonder and majesty, not just of a human monarchy, but of the heavenly king has come down to earth. That is the wonder of Christmas that we don't even have to go to the palace. Yes, did Jesus come to become like us? Does Jesus know us and is one of us? Absolutely. But even more, he has brought the wonder and glory of heaven right into our lives. The wonder and transcendence that we go out to seek, Jesus has brought to us. So what do we do with that? What does this mean for us? Besides just being the familiar words of the familiar Christmas story. And we see it at the very end. Two things that God is calling us to do this morning. Verse 19, Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen. This morning, tonight, tomorrow, this Christmas season, God's call to us is to ponder and praise. Ponder, reflect on, soak in, the wonder of what he has done. And then let your praise go forth. Let your praise go forth in your own heart. Let your praise go forth in your times of prayer. Let your praise go forth with your family members. Let your praise go forth with all the people you know. The wonder of Christmas that God himself came down. And we see here in Luke 2, two pieces. See, not three, I said I'd be shorter. Two pieces to that wonder, just two. But there's also two things to do with it. So maybe that makes four. I don't know. God came, or the, the, two, the two parts of the wonder of God coming to earth are that God came in glory and God came in humility. Glory and humility. First, the glory. The glory. We've already said God, I mean, God come to earth, king came to earth, monarchy come down. Is That's not glory enough. But check this out. It's so easy. Again, it's the Christmas story, right? The angels came to the shepherd. But think about that. The angels came to the shepherds. An angel said to them, verse 10, first, no, 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 eight, verse nine. An angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them. All right, this doesn't happen that often, right? We get angels occasionally coming to people in the Old Testament. Sometimes at times you wouldn't really expect, but, but we get occasional angels and like they were very familiar with the idea of angels as God's messengers. But we don't get the glory of the Lord very often. We've had it. You see it at times. You saw it in the temple. You saw it in the tabernacle. You saw it when God rescued his people from Egypt and took them through the desert. But it's not real common. We've got the glory of the Lord shining on the shepherds. And here's the angel. It speaks real, in person, not in a dream. Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. So he tells them what's happening. Verse 12, suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Now, 
I, I don't know for sure. I haven't memorized every word of the Bible. So somebody can correct me if I'm wrong. I did do some searching. I don't think the heavenly host ever shows up this way in any other place in Scripture. There's other places where you get references to the heavenly host. God is the Lord of hosts. That's common enough. But they're always up in heaven. You get the occasional angel coming down with a message. Sometimes two, but usually just one coming down with a message. And you get occasional visions of the host in heaven from prophets and that kind of thing. But I can't think of any other time in the scriptures where the host of angels came down to earth in person, in reality, and started singing. Praising, okay, it doesn't technically say they're singing. It just says they're praising God. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. God came in glory. Luke is telling us this is a big, big, big deal. In fact, the closest I could come up to with, with multiple angels coming to earth, more than two, was back in Genesis. We actually heard it earlier this year when Jacob had a dream, but that was a dream, and he saw the ladder from heaven and the angels of God going up and down on the ladder. Fascinating, because it's the same thing. Because the message to Jacob was that God will come down the ladder. God is here. And now the host of angels have arrived, real and in living color, in actual fact, to tell these shepherds, these shepherds of Israel, to say to them, hey, God has come, and he has come in glory. In glory. Give him praise. Ponder that. Let that lift your hearts. When you're feeling down, when you're feeling discouraged, when you're feeling overwhelmed, when you're feeling you haven't done enough, God came in glory. God came in glory. But what did that glory look like? It looked like humility. It was not the British monarchy. It was not all the trappings of power and the far off, the distant monarch to, with whom you cannot sit until she sits and you are done as soon as she is done and you wait for her to tell you to approach. I guess now all that's become him. But it was not that. It was the little baby wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. And again, we forget so easily because we put up our manger scenes or our Jesus setups as we call them in our house. And it just, it looks so nice. Mary and Joseph and baby in a manger. It was not nice. It was not nice. It was a feed box. There's a great, there, there's a great story. If you haven't read the best Christmas pageant ever, you need to read the best Christmas pageant ever, or better yet, listen to it as an audiobook. Um, but the best Christmas pageant ever, it, the, the, the theme of it is, is basically this very unchurched, no idea about Christmas, bad news family shows up at church and takes all the main roles in the Christmas pageant. Um, and it is hilarious. It's a hilarious book, but it's also a deeply touching book because as this not very good, not very nice family comes in contact with the wonder of Christmas, it takes on new meaning for everybody. And one of the things that the, the, one of the main characters, Imogene, who is taking the part of Mary in the pageant, even though she's a bit of a mess, smoke cigarettes and everything, uh, including during rehearsals for the pageant. She, when she hears the Christmas story and hears what swaddling clothes are and that Jesus was put in a manger, she said, what? She tied him up and put him in a feed box? Where was Child Protective Services? 
right? This was not, this is not a nice thing. It is not a nice time. It is a humble time. If it wasn't enough that God himself came down to earth, he was born to parents who didn't have much. We know that later on in Luke when they go to make an offering at the temple and they have to use the poor person's offering rather than the rich person's offering. Mary and Joseph were of humble means and yet that, that is where God himself came down. Because in that, not only is he bringing the glory to us, not only is the king coming to us no matter who we are, but he, and not only is he identifying with us and saying, hey, whoever you are, I am here for you. However much you have fallen, however much you have sinned, however much you are weak and poor, I am here with you. He is saying all that, but he's also saying that glory and kingship look different than you think. Glory and kingship look like the one who takes the low place. Glory and kingship looks like the one who will serve others. And Jesus, who started out his life in a feed box with parents who didn't have much, continued to live his life with not much, no permanent house, no place to lay his head, relying on the provision of others who would take care of him and going through and serving everybody in all that he did. For he said that the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus redefined the glory for us. And so what does that mean as we ponder and we praise? What do we ponder for our own lives? What do we want? What is our vision? Is our vision that we would be great, that we would be leaders and kings? It should be. That should be your vision. Whether you're young or old, you should be seeking greatness. But greatness, Jesus' way. The greatness that puts yourself below other people. The greatness that seeks to serve. The greatness that does not seek to accumulate and get other people to report to you. But the greatness that seeks to build up all of those who are around you, no matter what position God has put you in, in life. And then we praise. What do we praise? We don't praise the great in the world's terms. We praise the humble. We praise those who serve. We praise those who get no recognition. We praise God above all. So this morning, we'll close, we'll close with this. It's a story uh, from 2014. Staff Sergeant Stephen Thompson was serving in Afghanistan. He had been deployed for six months over in Afghanistan in a dangerous place without much communication with his family. But he wanted to get home to surprise his wife and kids for Christmas. And so for days, he slept in airport terminals waiting for his plane. And finally home, his wife greeted him after not having seen him for six months. He had a two-week leave for Christmas. So his wife greeted him when he got home at night, but his girls, they were two and six. They hadn't seen him yet. And so to surprise them, he put himself in a box and his wife wrapped him up and he was out on the front lawn. And when they got up on Christmas morning and they came outside to unwrap their present and it was their dad. The present was himself. God's present for us this morning, better than all the presents that are under the tree, is the gift of himself. That he came and he brought himself from heaven to earth 
that he might give himself as a gift. Do you have to do anything for your gifts tomorrow morning? You do not. All that you have to do to get a gift is to simply take it. It is not given to you based on your worth, not given to you based on what you earned. But this Christmas, wonder, ponder, and praise once again that God himself gave himself to you as a gift, not for anything you had done, but in the midst of your sin, in the midst of your shame, in the midst of your weakness. And all you have to do this morning is to receive it. Say, Jesus, thank you. I take your forgiveness for myself. I will follow you forever. Would you pray? Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the love and wonder of this time of year. Would we remember it not just today, not just tomorrow, not just for 12 days of Christmas, but each and every day, may we remember the wonder that you came down, that Jesus was born, God himself, to live among us, to make us a new people, to bring us back to you. We give you all praise and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this sermon podcast from Resurrection Community Church. To learn more about our church and how you can connect with God and others, please visit resurrectionvb.org.